Man, it's good to be here this morning. Good to see the ones who weren't here last week. Yeah. Elaine, we missed you. Glad to see you. I missed you here. <laughs> Glad to see you back. And uh, good to see, uh, uh, you know, I know there's several that was been out and been a lot of sickness uh, going around, and, but it's been out of the cantrails. Yes. See, it's good to see y'all this morning, too, this morning. Yeah, good morning. Good to see you. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Michael. Michael. Miss Allison. I was good to Good to see Chris back. Yeah, good to see Chris. Yeah. But it ain't good to be in the house more than it is. No, I got all your pipes and everything wrapped up because it's going to get very cold. Bring it on. Bring it on. That's what Fred said. Just bring it on. But uh, it's good to be here this morning. Uh, we're going to the Lord in prayer. And, uh, and of course, there's still several that's out sick. And we need to continue to pray for them. But it's so good to be here this morning. Does anybody have anyone that will lift up? Remember Maggie and Kenneth? Yeah. 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 Definitely. Remember mom. Remember, yes. Remember Nate. We, we got a nation that's in trouble. Yes, we did. I'd like to remember our, our nursing home folks. Mother and Bonnie. And, uh, we're going to try to go back over about 1.30 and sing a few songs. Bonnie's not been out of bed. I know telling when. She said she'd get up. Well, and so uh, I told her to be ready. So anybody that can and don't have a prior engagement would like to go, we'd love to have you come on over. Amen. That'll be a great time. Yes. Great time. If you can make that, please do that. We'll have a lot of fun. And they, they enjoy that so much. So much. Anyone else? Wayne uh, yes, Pat's uh, sick this morning. Okay. Is she. Uh, she, what she got? She, she just, 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 just sounded good. Yeah. We got, we got a good friend, uh, basically, a kid, a set of grandparents for a kid, uh, uh, Ann Glover and Buddy uh, Glover Record Service. It's the dad and mom. Yeah. Uh, she pretty much raised our three kids up through, uh, you know, until they got to go to school. But uh, he's in the hospital with COVID and she's in pretty bad health, too. Oh. He's been in nurse, they've both been nursing home for rehab, but they're in pretty bad shape. You never remember that? So. <coughs> I wonder if Michaela, bless her heart, is going to have some snow up there. I'm sure she's going to want to go slide down that hill and I'll break that bank. I'm just praying she don't do it. Okay. Just have to tell her to stick her landing. Right. <laughs> uh, anyone else? Anyway, yeah, remember McKaylee. You know, of course, the North Alabama area, and of course, we don't know what's going to do here, but uh, they're they're really predicting you know it'll be pretty you know slick and tragic up that way. So uh, maybe people will stay in. Maybe people will stay in. Uh, anyone else? Brother Wayne, I want to thank the Lord for uh, you know Friday they were giving because we could have some real severe weather this past Friday with wind and power outages and all that kind of thing. And, uh, I'm glad that that didn't pan out to be what they thought. Yes. 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 
along with this weather theme, uh, this is a good time to remember anybody that you know that shut in or, uh, you know, maybe lives alone. Keep, keep a watch on them this whole week because it's going to be cold from tomorrow and the next Saturday. And uh, if they need something, you know, keep check on them and, and help them out if you can. And, uh, pray that the Lord will watch over us all. Thank you for sharing. I just figured I'd share that, Ron. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of shut-in folks, and uh, especially if the power goes off. Yes. And, uh, and, you know, Jack will be one of those, too. You know, he has, you know, he's on oxygen all the time. And, of course, you know, of course, we've got a generator there, thanks to Brother Joy back there, uh, in case that does happen. But, you know, you know there, there's a lot of folks, if something happens, you know, be mindful of them that they may need some help. Well, let's uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And Brother Roger, I'm gonna call on you if you don't mind. Would you pray for me? Father, we're thankful today. We had to come back out to your house, Lord. We're just so thankful to have a place like this to come for refuge in this world that we live in. Lord, get get away from things for a while and come and, and worship you, and praise you in this uh, this moment that we're here. Lord, we just ask that you watch over, especially our area this this week, Lord, that later. Is it any bad as a father we can take care of those if we'll just keep everybody in mind? Yes. Thank you, Lord, for um, Brother Steve and, and his uh, efforts in our church. Lord, we're just so uh, thankful for that. Lord, we just ask that you be with the sick that aren't here, because they couldn't be here, Lord, that uh, we'll just give anything to be here. We just ask that you would be with them today. And Lord, as we go over to the nursing home this afternoon, Pray, Lord, that, that we'd be a blessing to them. And I know they're a blessing to us when we go. And Heavenly Father, just be in everything that we do. Be with the teachers and singers, Lord, and people who play on the instruments. Every, everybody has a part to yes, do. Lord. Just, just, just blessing that, that your glory will be shown here today. Again, we ask that you just go with us in everything that we do. Forgive, forgive us where we fail. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. And, and talk, talk about one. Let me just share this. Brother Royce up here, his, he's been kind of under weather for quite some time, and his voice has got a little bit better. So when we was up here just singing through some songs while y'all was coming in, I said, Royce, just step here with me, and you can sing with me and Brother Bo. So I asked him to step through with us. So it's good to have him. Yeah, been a lot better. Well, let's, uh, let's take our Sunday school class. I'm going to ask our class to stay in here. It's real cold back there.
Train track. <laughs> Are your ears burning, Pam? That's a grand victory trip. Take them back home first. I got some more coming in. That train track gets you every time, doesn't it, Bobby? Yeah. One down by Riverside. <laughs> well, you can't blame it on the train because the boss is already at the office. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, do we need to pray again so we don't have to pray for Bobby and Pam? <laughs> do this up, do a do-over? Yeah, okay. Yeah. We're glad to have our teacher back, too. Amen. I appreciate the ones that filled in doing all kind of different things last Sunday. Uh, and the Sunday before. You want a word before we start? We got everybody in here kind of... Uh, the minutes are here, so if y'all order the minutes from the association, they're here. Like that. We probably got everybody quiet. <laughs> Please don't stay quiet this morning, though. I do appreciate the ones filled in for me. Uh, as the guy says, I'm feeling much better now. Uh, we're at chapter 11 this morning, and not going to spend a whole lot of time in this chapter. It's a little bit repetitive, uh, but there are some good things in it. And then we get chapter 12 and things really start getting gooder. Chapter 11 of the book of Romans. <clears throat> and this question is as relevant in our world today as it was back then. And you have to remember... Paul's writing this letter to a church at Rome that has both people who were raised under the law and then Gentiles who were not raised under the law. So he's writing to a, a church that has both. And, and they're still trying to get this thing to fit um, with each other and, and kind of trying to work it out, as we would say, the, the Jews and the Gentiles. But Paul asked the question, Hath God cast away his people? Has God just totally cast away Israel? Is the question Paul asked. And we know that it was the, the, the Jewish leaders that had Christ crucified. And uh, I believe we find in the scriptures where Christ said, Lo, I turn to the Gentiles. Because the children, the natural born children of Israel, descendants of Abraham, 
for the most part, wouldn't hear Christ. They, they wouldn't have anything to do with him. And then Paul asked the question, I say, hath God cast away his people? So what becomes of the natural descendants of Abraham? And he says, God forbid, or if we'd translate that, translate that today, we'd say, no way, no way. For Paul says, I am also an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. What ye not, or know ye not what the scriptures say of Elias, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets, and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. Now if we go back into Kings, we find the story of Elijah, and this, is, this happens right after Elijah has one of the highlights of his life where he takes on the 400 prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. And um, basically it says, we're going to have a showdown. We're going to see whose God will answer by fire. And of course we know he let them go first and they tried and tried and no response. And Elijah rebuilt the altar of God and said fire came down, uh, took the sacrifice, the water, the wood, everything else. And those 400 prophets were slain that day on top of Mount Carmel. Been there. I can say that now. I've been there. Um, not that big of a hill, really. But it's got a beautiful view from it to the north. But after this, I guess we'll call her Queen Jezebel, said, Elijah, your days are numbered. I'm coming after you. And Elijah runs. We might find him next. I don't know if you can say he's running from Jezebel or he's running towards God, however you want to look at that. But um, he found himself in a cave. And God says, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And, here's, and he makes that statement basically saying, I'm no better than my father's God. Just take me. I'm the only one left. And God answered him there, and basically what he said was, Elijah, well, let's back up. What was Elijah saying? All of Israel's turned away. There's nobody left. Everybody's following Baal. What's the point? What's the use? There's no hope. And God instructs Elijah, I got 7,000 men still that have never bowed to Baal. I'm not hurting. I've still got 7,000. I've still got an army of people who are still on God's side. But it was called a remnant. As a whole, the nation of Israel had gone after Baal. But God still had that remnant that was true to him. And that's what he said in verse 4. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. And then he's going to make a statement here that's still true today. Even so then, at this present time, also there is a remnant of the natural born Jew according to the election of grace. According to the election of grace. Now, it's a remnant, I believe I've told you before, 
Uh, we were told when we were in Israel that less than 2% of Israel consider themselves to be Christians, the nation of Israel. Less than 2%. But Paul says, I found it. I found grace. And there'll be a remnant of Israel that will find it. But they'll find it by grace. Amen. Now I realize you, you can hit the Christian bookstores and find any theory you want about the future of the Jewish nation. You can find that this will happen and this will happen and when Christ comes this will happen. But what does Paul say? There'll be a remnant, but it'll be by grace. It'll still be by faith. There won't be any by sight when Christ returns. When Christ returns, it's too late for everyone, Jew or Gentile. But, in, but at that time, when Christ returns, there'll still be a remnant of Israel that'll find him by grace. Yeah. There'll still be a remnant. You look, you take the Christian population today overall compared to the world's population, we're a remnant. We're just a remnant. Yeah, we're a small group. But that remnant will remain. I think there will be a sure enough church still on the earth when Christ returns. Whether it's next week or 10,000 years from now, there'll still be faith on earth. But it'll be by grace. It'll be the way you got it and I got it. And that's the only way it'll be gotten. I've made this statement before to when talk about all the different theories out there from the nation of Israel. Why would God spend the whole book on faith and then all of a sudden go back to sight? It's just not logical. It's just not logical. No. But a remnant of Israel, and that's where Israel is today, a remnant of the nation of Israel, the true lineage of Abraham, they will be saved, but it'll be by grace. They'll accept the Lord like we did. Does anybody have a question about that? Please. Because like I say, there's... And I dare say what I've just said might even be in the minority of churches and the way they teach. Uh, a lot of churches teach that there's a second chance coming for the nation of Israel. But I cannot find that. I just can't find that in the Scriptures. All I can find is the way Paul found it. Anyone? Uncle, could I say something about this first verse? Uh, Paul said, Paul asked what seems like a dumb question, like an obvious question. The answer is obvious. Has God cast away his people? Well, of course not. That's a dumb question. Paul does that psalm in, in, in Romans, like in, in the first verse of the sixth chapter. He said, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Well, that's a dumb question. No. But sometimes we live like we don't know the answer to those questions. I've been thinking this week, you know, families that, that don't come to church, if, if I could just ask them what's more important, going to the lake on Sunday or your child's eternal soul, I mean, that's like a, it's, it's, it's an obvious answer. Sometimes we live like we don't know. We don't know those obvious answers. The way Paul would have asked that question would be, 
Is it more important to go to the lake on Sunday? Heaven's Betsy now. He asks kind of questions that make you uh, makes you answer them in the way that that he sees it. I mean it's it's a kind of important question, really. And it's amazing to me what we can hide from ourselves. Like car keys, don't say it. I know, don't say it, don't say it. But you know, if you ask, but I've asked people that question, what's their answer going to be? They're not in church. Obviously, their answer is, it's more important. Your actions tell their answer. You'll be answered with an excuse, most of the And if by grace, then is it no more of works or the works of the law, the ceremonial part of the law? Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. According as it is written, God hath given them a spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear unto this day. And David said, Let their table be made a snare, and a trap, and a stumbling block, and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened, that they may not see, and bow down their back always. So if we look at today's time, God was saying, I'm going to have 2% of them that's going to be mine. And the rest of them is going to turn to Tel Aviv and try to become wealthy and of this world. Is that what he's saying? For today. Yeah. But you ever thought about that? how many times Christ spoke in parables and it just went right over their heads? They totally missed the meaning of them. Yeah. They had ears, but they couldn't hear. They had eyes, but they couldn't see. Well, even the disciples, at times when he spoke there, mm -hmm. would have to ask him to tell us what that means. Mm -hmm. And he would oblige himself to tell. Let's keep going. We'll go, with, go through this chapter fairly quickly. I say then, has Israel stumbled that they should fall? God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. Now if the fall of them be the riches of the world and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? For I speak to you Gentiles insomuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify in mine office. Paul didn't have any problem preaching to Gentiles, did he? Not a bit. He felt like that was his calling, was to take the gospel to the Gentile nation. And I've said before, he wanted to get to Rome because that was the next stop before Spain. And that was as far west as the world went to his knowledge. He wanted the whole world of Gentiles to hear the gospel. Yeah. Wasn't that what he was told on, on the road to Damascus? that you're a chosen vessel under the gym. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He wasn't ashamed of that. Not at all. 
even though he was raised a Jew's Jew. The strictest order. Yes. Fourteen, if by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh and might save some of them. Paul even realized all of them, all the Jews are not going to believe. But if he could, if he could make some see his life and could reach some of them, that was his goal. The remnant. For if the casting away of the Jews be the reconciling, reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? I make this statement and you think about it. What a wonderful Christian a Jew makes. Because they have that background, that knowledge that we don't really have. A Jew makes an awesome Christian today. Yeah. To be able to connect so many dots that we can't. I believe you had a good friend that you worked with that was Jewish, if I remember right. Yeah. And uh, they could teach us so much. A Christian Jew could teach us so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he just, he said, it's for a few. Mm -hmm. All I do is just for a few. And it made me think about many years ago, I had a good friend that was trying to get me to go to work at the company he worked with. And he said, you'd be good at it. You'd really be good at it. But it involved me riding around all day, knocking on doors, asking people to buy something. And I said, what do you do? I, how often do you sell something? He said, There's, oh, occasionally. And I said, well, what do you do with all those times when you, you leave the house and you go back to your car and they've just flat told you no? He says, you just snap your fingers and go, they don't know what they're missing. And I think about that sometimes, you know, the, the world thumbs their nose at us and, and goes their way. But they don't know what they're missing. They don't know what they're missing. And, and that's encouraging to maybe keep trying a little bit. You know, don't, don't just keep showing them what they're missing. And maybe they'll, maybe they'll grasp it someday. But I still couldn't make myself go knock on doors trying to sell life insurance. <laughs> Anyone else? Okay, now Paul is going to use the example here of uh, he, he talks about an olive tree I think a, to me almost a grapevine print, paints a better picture but just think of some kind of vine a, a really large one and he says for if the first fruit be holy the lump is also holy and if the root be holy so are the branches and if some of the branches be broken off He's talking about the nation of Israel. If some of the branches be broken off, and thou, or he's talking about us, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree. So in a sense, you could say the Gentile nation was grafted in to this root, being Christ, where the branch was broken off some of the Jews so the Gentiles was put in and you know once the graft's made 
you're part of the tree just like any other limb. But he's got a warning in the next verse. He says, boast not against the branches. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Thou wilt say then, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For God spared not the natural branches. Take heed lest he spare not thee. We have, as the Gentile nation that was grafted into this root, we don't have anything to brag about. We have nothing to brag about. And I have seen this. I've even seen this among our churches sometimes. Almost a disdain for the nation of Israel. And I hate to say that, but, but I really have sometimes. And um, if anything, we should have a heart for the nation of Israel. Yeah. You know, I couldn't help, but as I traveled, it, 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 was, it was an experience I'll never forget, but it was also a sad experience. For I, I saw those people who were so wrapped up in, in their tradition of Judaism to have missed Christ. But he said, they, though that branch was broken off because of unbelief. And if Christ would break off the natural branch, would he hesitate to break off a grafted branch? No, no. But we stand by faith, whereas they were broken off because of unbelief. Yeah. We good on that? Well, Michael, do you feel like that we as Americans, uh, and I'm talking about leadership down to us ourselves, that we should, we should be um, in favor of, of being an ally to Israel, to the nation of Israel, uh, per se? That is an excellent question. And, and I think to, to begin, I don't, somebody else, please comment on that. But, but I want, I'll, I'll say this. Why? It was, it was after World War II the nation of Israel was created. Why did we think that was necessary? Why do you think we did that at that time? Because the U.S. had a big part in it. Well, I hate to say it because I think our leaders felt like they were helping God. They were helping set the table for Christ to return. If we can be good to them, He'll be good to us. Yeah. So, I think it was, I hate to say it, but I think it was done selfishly. Yeah, they had the scale attitude. We do something for God, God is doing something Yeah. <clears throat> I think that's still that way today. Because you can't tell me that the people that don't even believe in God are going to have so much concern for the, the people of God that they're going to do this. I think they're still hedging their bets. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Somebody else, please, a comment on that. I'd like to hear different versions of that or different thoughts. <clears throat> now, strictly from a political sense, Pastor, I think there's a desire to keep a democracy in the Middle East. Yeah. 
I think that that's also a little bit of it. Nothing really to do with church or history, just to have a democracy over there. And to have a place we can try out our new weapons. Yeah. Yeah. And they're a, a strong nation, even though they're a small nation. Politically, it makes sense to keep them on the good side because they take up for themselves. Sure. You know, they, mm. they've got a strong military. And to me, if we're going to throw so much money at all those other nations, I'd rather go to a good one than a bad one. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, you know, strategically, this in the world we live now, it, it's uh, strategic, strategic importance militarily to the U.S. to have a strong ally, like Pam was talking about. I don't think that was the case at the end of World War II because uh, at that time in the Middle East, the best I remember from history was not a like it is now. Uh, you had, uh, uh, you know, basically it was in our countries out there, you know, they had oil and we needed oil. That time. It was not the problem that it has become in our nuclear age. Well, Michael, I have just a little bit of a different thought about that. Mm -hmm. is, um, I'm sympathetic toward the Israel because of what they endured in World War II. Mm -hmm. And um, I would never want to see any people mm -hmm. endure that. And, um, you know, another generation or two from now, that could almost be forgotten. You know, it's, it's, it's the effort to rewrite history is always ongoing, but, but um, I would hate to see that ever happen to the Jewish people again, and if, if they could, the uh, country surrounding Israel would wipe them off the map, and they will do it when they have the power, sufficient power to do so, you know, it's just not right what happened to them. And I, now, so far as them being God's people, hey, we've went over and over here in the Book of Romans what a true Jew is, mm -hmm. and they're no different than us. Amen. They're no different than mm -hmm. us. But from from that perspective of hating to see them, what could happen to them, mm -hmm. uh, or what? Now, I will make this comment. Now, this is Michael's opinion. Let's get that straight right off the bat. Well, well, first of all, not my opinion. Let's don't ever put God here and evil here. It doesn't work that way. Evil's down here. There's nothing opposite God. Nothing compares with God. And let's don't give our adversary too much credit. He's a created being. Uh, he doesn't understand everything. I do think there's still a great hatred for the nation of Israel today. I do. Yeah. Even the more that Muslims increase, Muslim mm -hmm. nations increase, they hate them, they fear them, they mm -hmm. want God, yeah. completely God. Our adversary even today would love to wipe any remnant of Abraham's seed off the globe. That's right even though we know what a true Jew is. Sure. So let's don't give him too much credit. He still, uh, Christ was born to that nation and he's going to hate them till the end of time. Agree? Uh, 
Satan. Yeah, Satan is. Yeah, yeah Art. Christians or America or most of America would want to help Israel and that, that's, that's it right there? Some of it. It's a, smorg it's a smorgasbord. Some would want to just for that fact. to have a sympathy for them, a heart for them. Now there are some who send money head over feet to Israel to build a temple for Christ to come back to. They're sincere, but they're sincerely wrong for doing that. But, but I do feel like until the day Christ winds this up, Satan will be after that natural nation of Israel as hard as he can. Maybe we could just say out of spite. Because his, his conqueror came from that nation. Yeah. His doom is because of the nation of Israel. Yeah. So I do. And like I said, that's Michael's opinion. I don't know. You know, the worldly the world view of destroying Israel... Or, or trying to overthrow Israel or whatever, is not generally what we see in situations like that. Usually if a country wants something, if, like if Russia wants part of uh, Ukraine and, and, and other places, they're looking for, they're looking for um, natural resources or an outlet to the sea, you know, warm, a cold weather outlet. They're wanting something. The land of Israel itself, best I can determine it's not rich in oil or minerals or anything. I mean, it's not something you would desire to add because if we get that plot of land, mm -hmm. we've got billions of dollars in oil, billions of dollars in, you know, in uranium, whatever. Uh, it's just... They have a hatred. It's the hatred, yeah. It's not the desire to own the, 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 the property. It's the, the hatred of the people. Yeah, land's a whole lot of rocks. Yeah. Oh, but wow. is it, does it make it need the help. You're right, wherever Christians are. Yeah, you think of the Christians in China, what they go through. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah, sure. Like, <laughs> I think yeah. God wants us to help, us, help them all, mm -hmm. but yet Israel is But the other thing we can be assured of, they'll be fighting till the end of time. Yes. Yeah. If you want to start back with Esau and Jacob, they'll be fighting in that part of the world. Pardon? They were fighting before they got here. Yeah, they were fighting before they were ever born. Yeah. But there'll be turmoil over there forever. It goes back to Uh, Michael, one thing on the world stage that uh, that I would observe is that you know my generation and generations older than me 
you know, we, we took great pride or solace in knowing that America on the world stage tried to stand for what's right mm -hmm. against evil. And, and I still want to feel like that's who we are, but, we're, but as our, our own country is so mixed up and deceived about that now, we, we, within our own country, it's like people can't figure out what's right and wrong. <laughs> I mean, or they don't want to. Well, lost their, we've lost our discernment. Yeah, and so how can, how can we continue to be that? Light on the hill. Mm -hmm. If we continue the route that we're going. Yeah. Uh, you gonna say that? I, I was just gonna say. This is kind of just from a practical sense. You know, we, we don't really understand what they face day to day because we have our country is bordered by two oceans and two countries that were, that are friendly to us. And so, though, the nation of Israel is the size of what state, you think? Massachusetts, or? Oh, it would easily fit in Alabama. It's more like New Jersey. Okay. So, you're bordered by people who want to annihilate you. So, I think that's different than just persecution. Yeah. So, how would we sum this up? Do we, do we look down at the nation of Israel as though we're better than them? No, we were grafted in to their natural root. Yeah. Should we have a heart for them? Yes. Because they were, or they still are in a sense. I mean, they didn't change. They're God's chosen people. He's the one they chose Christ to come through. But if there is anything in that realm, it's because of that. Not because of anything in the future. Yeah. Israel has to be saved just like everybody else. And a remnant will be, but just a remnant. And that's sad. That's sad. Yeah. Everybody good with that? Everybody okay? But it all boils down to unbelief versus faith. That's what it all boils down to. Yeah. Let me read a few more verses. We'll call it quits. Where did I get to? Let's go with 20, no, 22. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God. I fear that in too many churches, that second part of that verse is left off. We, too many places will only dwell on the goodness of God and never, ever, ever touch the severity of God. Because God is righteous, He demands judgment. Yeah. His righteousness demands that sin be accounted for. Yeah. And he's saying here, look at the goodness of God in that he grafted in the Gentile nation, but look at the severity of God. He broke off some branches to do it. Yeah. Uh, the verse says God is love, and there's no buts in that verse. But there is a severity to God. God demands, God is holy. 
Yeah. Scripture says, I believe it named a few things God hated over in the New Testament. Yeah. So he's saying, look at the goodness of God, but also look at the severity of God in this same picture. Yeah. On them which fail, the branches that were broken off, severity, but toward thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shall be cut off. And they also, if they abide still not in unbelief, shall be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again if they come through faith, if I can add that. Not because of who they are, their nationality, but because their faith in Christ. For if thou were cut off out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these which be the natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? And I think we'll stop there. Anybody, please, a question, a clarification? I want to make sure we get this right. Huh. Well, okay then. I appreciate everybody's help. And we will continue on with this.